Ciao to the latest internet sensation. You might be gonna go down the Hall of Fame fight. Yeah, bro, I crossed our barriers, but it didn't hit that. He's been in the squad for a few weeks now. This is a magnificent specimen of mankind. Good morning, Zeb, and good morning to all your listeners. Thanks, Uncle Chop Chop. I was hoping for some crayfish or something like that. Weekend Breakfast with Seb Costello on Triple M. And it is a very good morning, four past seven at Triple M's Weekend Breakfast with Seb Costello. And we're flying a little free today because the hyphen is not here. He usually pushes the buttons for this program, but he's abandoned us today, which uh, to some is exciting, to some not so much. But we'll get there. Coming up this morning, plenty to give you, including the great Danny Green, who will join us on the program. And he has a rather humorous story to tell about the time he decided to become a tattooist an amateur tattooist, and left a cousin of his with a word on his foot, which I think the cousin might lift to regret. We'll bring you that very, very soon. It's election day too. Have you voted yet? Vote early and vote often, they say. And, uh, well, we're going to go through all the sausage sizzles you need to know about as part of our election super panel coming up too. Melissa Wu, one of the cooler members of the Australian Olympic team, a silver medalist, if you don't mind, but uh, also going to her third games, having been to Beijing, London, and now in Rio. So, look, we'll try and get through it. As I said, Hyphen's not here. (laughs) And that's what happens when I'm allowed to push the buttons. So, a nice, steaming, warm weekend breakfast we're bringing you. Maybe bacon and eggs, Luke Beveridge? I was hoping for some crayfish. Well, mate, I don't have any crayfish. It's 7 o'clock in the morning. Where do you want me to get some of that from? That that, uh, is quite a difficult ask. One, two, three. Here is the three things you need to know about with Channel 9's Peter Hitchner. It certainly is. All right, Hitchy. The Icelandic football team, they were the giant killers this week with an enormous victory over the Poms. And this morning, I would like you to bring us three things we need to know about Icelandic football. Here's number one. The coach of the Icelandic football team is a part-time dentist, yet more evidence that the British are afraid of dentists. I didn't write that joke, by the way. (laughs) No, you are too nice to make fun of the dentally challenged British people. That was, in fact, me. I do apologise. It was just meant in jest. But, after all, your team did lose to Iceland. So, look, you've just got to cop it this week. It'll all be over. Close your eyes. All right, Hitchie, the second thing we need to know about the Icelandic football team. The Icelandic goalkeeper directed the country's 2012 Eurovision entry. And, yes, Iceland also defeated the UK in the 2012 Eurovision voting. Oh, we're 20th really, place versus 26. We're really sinking the boots in now. I like it. I remember that entry back in 2012, a particularly good Eurovision tournament. So uh, I'm glad we could commemorate it today. It's time for the third thing that we need to know about Icelandic football. Iceland faced France in the quarterfinals of the Euro tournament early on Monday morning. The Vikings will be hoping to avenge their loss to the French in the Siege of Paris in 885 AD. Particularly nasty game, that one. Lots of injuries at the end of that one. The doctors working overtime there. Thank you, Hitchie. That was the three things you need to know with Peter Hitchner. In the 20th century, the sporting landscape was indeed a wide world. But with the advent of the interweb communication and global overpopulation, the sporting universe is bigger than ever. And champions beyond the traditional games deserve their recognition. Presenting the Weekend Breakfast's Glittering Galaxy of Sport. 
Ben, don't the kids love it? They certainly do, and they will love our next guest. Her name, when she is performing, is Miss Philly Pole Diva. And she is, in fact, a pole dancer, a professional pole dancer, who, if you don't mind, was the Miss Pole Dance Australia solo winner 2015. G'day, Miss Philly. Hello, how are you? I was watching some of the videos last night for research, course, I should point out. Yeah, you got professional. Exactly. You guys are amazing athletes. Thank you so much. Yeah, yeah. it takes a lot of strength and dedication to do what we do. So, yeah. so just to describe Miss Philly, you're a bit of a pocket rocket, Miss Philly. How tall are you? I am five foot. Exactly. <laughs> and yeah, you got uh, sort of brown hair and... The thing, the way you can climb up and down that thing, the inner strength it must take to do it, the core strength, I mean, is is quite amazing. How do you get into pole dancing? Well, um, I started pole dancing back with my sister. Um, we joined a class over in Paran for pole divas, and we were just amazed at um, the strength and coordination and the fun that we had doing it. It's an amazing dance class that uses a lot of cardiovascular strength and endurance, as well as all over body fitness. So it's body weight exercise, essentially. Now, I'm sure you get this question a lot yep. when you say, oh, I'm a pole dancer. Does that mean you're a stripper? No, it does not. Okay. And and so tell us the difference because, you know, there'll be people who won't realise what phenomenal athleticism you guys show. Um, there's definitely a big difference. I think um, pole dancing definitely has an exotic background. So we take a lot of influence from um, the industry. Um, there are plenty of strippers out there that are very, very good on the pole as well. Pole trick I wouldn't know, but yes, I'll, ta- I'll <laughs> take your word for it. <laughs> definitely. Girlfriends listening. So, <laughs> um, but for us, um, it's a little bit different. A lot of women start for um, just for fitness and yep. confidence. And um, it's a very different kind of environment. Um, we're also not earning money for taking our clothes off. So there's a massive difference that, there. That, uh, that is quite a lot differentiation and yes. a key one to make, I yep. think, too. Now, when you say it is a competition, how is it actually judged? Um, so every competition is judged <laughs> slightly differently, although um, every competition will release their judging criteria before, obviously, the competitors can start entering in things. So it'll be things like trick level and difficulty. You'll get judged out of a certain number of that. And then it'll be uh, pole dance and floor work potentially as well. When Mick Malloy made the uh, classic movie Crackerjack, he invented the flipper, which was, you know, the most complicated lawn bowl delivery you could ever imagine. I see. What's the equivalent of the flipper when it comes to pole dancing? Um, the equivalent what of is, the What flipper. is sort of, you know, that really difficult trick that everyone wants to try and get a master of? <laughs> well, within our industry, there are definitely a few. I think it goes through phases. Um, back in the day when uh, competitions were first really getting serious, um, it was the jade split. Oh, that sounds painful. Yes, yes, it was amazing. We also have the handspring. Yeah? Sounds very dramatic. Yeah, so take definitely. us through, what is the jade split? Uh, the jade split is a leg hold predominantly. Yep. Um, it's inverted, so you're upside down. You're upside and down. And what are your legs doing? And you were doing a front split. So one leg forward, one leg back, oh. like you were doing splits on the roof. Right. Okay. That 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 sounds like something I will never, <laughs> ever get close to achieving. And were you able to do a jade split? Um, I With a little bit of practice, I got there. <laughs> I, did, I did actually get there. That's Fantastic. How many people uh, compete in the competitions? Um, Again, it depends on the competition, um, but in one comp we might have about 30 competitors, um, but we also might have a professional division and then an amateur or a semi-pro division as well. Now, you appeared in the pumping iron equivalent of the pole dancing industry, pumping iron being the film that put bodybuilding on the map, blood, sweat and sequence being the pole dancing equivalent. What was that like? That is just a fantastic description. I love pumping iron, so mm. I'm so flattered. Oh, one of the, uh, does that make you the Arnie of pole dancing? I, I would love to say it does. <laughs> I think that's wishful thinking. Um, yeah, Blood, Sweat and Sequence was an amazing documentary. Um, it's now actually international on Netflix, which is very exciting too. Um, but it brought a lot of um, real different 
adult stories to um, the public's attention as well. So the journey of um, a few different competitive pole dancers and what backgrounds we have, which is all very diverse, and um, the struggles that you go to to get from training in your studio to on stage. Have you ever torn anything? Like major M- muscles, injuries? Muscles, I mean, yeah. Yes, yes. Um, I have. I've got a few little um, – I've got a labral tear in my hip and my Ooh. ribs are a little bit dodged and I recently did a bit of an injury in my shoulder, my AC joint. Um, what we do is very um, body intense, but, of course, I do it at an elite level, so I'm prone to a lot more injury than maybe a beginner would. Fantastic. Well, people can check you out on Instagram at Miss Philly Pole Diva or on Facebook as well. This has been a lot of fun. Definitely. I had no idea what was going on out there and now I'm, when's the next competition? Um, the next competition will be Miss Pole Dance Victoria. Well, make sure you give us a call. Yeah, definitely. Quite, a, quite appropriate we're having this discussion on polling day. Oh, there you go. Yeah. I love this. Absolutely. But I thought that was on purpose. <laughs> yeah. If only I was that clever. Exactly. Nice to meet you, Miss Philly. Lovely to meet you too, Sam. Danny Green there. Oh, Health and Fitness with Danny Green. Greeny, always good to have you on the line. And we do talk health and fitness, but I want to start somewhere else. I was cruising through your Instagram account and there was a photo of you holding a tattoo gun, scrawling out a word on a man's foot. Do you know what you're doing there? (laughs) Actually, that was when Conor McGregor fought Jose Aldo and December 14, if I remember rightly, and I had all my mates over, and uh, my cousin, cousin uh, my young cousin Cam was over, and I, I got tattooed with a with a with an old needle gun, an old uh, you know Jahas tattoo gun, a long time ago, and I kept the gun, and it's been in my cupboard every game, and kids want to go, hey dad, what's what, what's it like to like get a tattoo? So I pull it out, and you turn it on, and it goes, <laughs> sounds scary. So this particular day, I'd had about 20 cans, and we thought it'd be a good idea to uh, for me to be a tattoo artist. So that's how my, <laughs> that was the hence the, the sarcastic thing I'm taking orders now from my new expertise. Um, and I and and you know we we just he just wanted the word hi hi because we always my friend go hi, and so we tattooed that on his ankle, and it was um, absolutely ridiculous, and he regrets it. But my other mate, he had his he got me tattoo the word Amy A I M E E with a love heart on it, and. The love heart looks like a mushroom and Amy's all over the place and it's on his forearm and he loves it. <laughs> is, I hope Amy's his missus. No, it's his daughter. She oh, it's loves his daughter. It right. Oh, cute. By the end of it, the needle was hanging out. It was so much blood. <laughs> it was only burning with a, it was only burning with a, with a lighter. It was a sewing needle burnt in with the, at the end of a, a, a ballpoint pen. Um, but yeah, since then, mate, I haven't had a pretty much. That was my last hit out, and since January first, haven't had a beer, and just been living the the, the team Danny Green life as, as as I've had to been a professional fighter, especially at my age. Have to go without a lot of things and just you know make the right choices. And yeah, only only four and a half weeks till the fight at High Sense, mate. And I um you know I'm jumping out my skin. Greeny, I do want to talk about personal trainers and what makes a good one. You and Ange Hyder, affectionately known as H, have been together a long time. Why does that relationship work? I think. I get on so well with him because we're both mad as cut snakes. <laughs> that's, that's, that's a good start. Uh, it really comes down to trusting in your trainer, having faith in your trainer, and obviously they have to be they have to be um, you know uh, smart and they have to be intelligent. And I have full faith and trust in him because he is so experienced and he's so good at what he does and he knows me so well. When I think of a trainer, mate, I think of two words: tough love. You want them to be hard on you, don't you? To really push you to your limits. You do, Seb, but there's a fine line as well. Yeah. And a lot of people don't realise, very, very fine line between 
too much and too little. A trainer needs to know each individual client, um, you know, inside and out. Well, let's talk about your next outing with Ange Hyder. You're fighting Kane Watts, the Aussie Cruiserweight champion in Melbourne. What do people need to know and where can they get tickets? Oh, go to uh, ticketmaster.com.au uh, on the website and um, he's won his last four by KO. It's a, it's a massive opportunity for him and, and, and you know, I've just got to... I've just got to make sure, you know, that uh, you know, there's there's talk of the uh, the mundane rematch. He's come out swinging and this week, so a lot of things, you know, he's going to fight me in Australia, all this kind of stuff. So, man, I just got to make sure I'm victorious against this young uh, this young bull and came what. Speaking of Anthony Mundine, he mentioned that the rematch between you and him could happen on Australia Day next year. Could that happen? Mate, I worry. I don't know. Who knows what that bloke says? But the only the, the only good thing about him talking is he actually realises. He, he maybe he's, um, he realizes that the only fight that's uh, that's left him for him is is you know is a rematch. That's it, mate. Well, we are Team Danny Green on this program, so you know it, it did sound to me like it was a desperate man trying to bring in the big name that is you to get one last go. Oh, look, mate, we've had a long rivalry. We've had a, we've had a long history, and uh, you know I think that, you know I think everyone wants just to see is to see it put to bed and, and just get it on and get it done with and just you know get this fight on and you know it's. It's a good old school scrap between two blokes who don't really see eye to eye. But uh, first first and foremost, man, I've got to take care of business on August 3rd against Game Watts. I like it. You're going to get it on because you don't get along. <laughs> you know. <laughs> I can sell this, mate. If you, need, if you need somebody to play the Don King role, I'm here. Mate, you got it going on there, Seb. I have big hair, too. You have got big hair, mate. You <laughs> that when you all stopped me in Las Vegas that time. Man, this guy's got a good set of hair. <laughs> oh, mate, I never know where we're going to end up in this segment, and that's why we love you. Team DannyGreen.com today. Use the website. Greeny, have a sensational weekend. Legend said, thanks, mate. You too, bud. Now, next segment, it's election day. And I thought we better get a bit of a panel, both sides of the coin, to talk about what this is all about as we get up this morning and go to the polling booths. Before I introduce our representatives of the Liberal and Labor parties, I just want to set out some ground rules. First and foremost, we don't want to see any Victor Troisky style stuff. Now, boys, that is Viktor Troisky, the Serbian tennis player, cracking the SH1Ts at Wimbledon not so long ago. I'd like to welcome you in, first of all, from the Labor Party, from the Victorian Government, from the Southern Metro Region, also Acting Minister for Sport, I understand at the moment. Good morning, Philip Daladakis. G'day, Seb. On the Liberal side of things, he is the member for Q. He also goes by the name Tim Smith. Good morning. Morning, Seb. Now, boys, first of all, the other rule this morning is no political slogans, Okay. I've set it up so if we hear any political slogans, you know what a Furby is, Tim? Yes. It is a children's toy. If we hear a political slogan, a Furby will be exploded. Me change! Nobody, nobody wants that to happen, okay? Who's going to win today, boys? I think the coalition's going to win. Uh, that's and very... Look at you. You waited for each other to speak. I expected uh, it to be cats level, and dogs straight away. There's a level of decorum and politeness to well, begin it, with. It's but 7.45am anyway. Um, <laughs> well, with news poll out this morning said the coalition uh, was ahead. 
Um, I do think it will be a tight election in terms of the national vote, uh, but I'm pretty confident here in Victoria on the back of this CFA dispute that Ooh. the coalition is going to do very well. Phil, are you going to let that hang there, that the CFA is going to be a big issue today? Well, it's your program, Seb, but thanks for that entree. <laughs> Look, uh, I, I think uh, what Victorians want to know is uh, when the Liberal Party is going to give back all the money that they've taken from people that thought that they were donating to the CFA, and in fact the money ended up in uh, Michael Kroger's hands. Phil, Phil, Tim, aren't you meant to buzz people for slogans? Oh, I don't think that quite counted. I, but now that you've asked me, I do want to blow up a Furby anyway. Me change. Anyway, yes. No. What was your response? Well, that was a ridiculous comment, God. and um, I'm not even going to bother responding to it. It's suffice to say that um, uh, the Labor Party um, uh, fundraise on issues like uh, same-sex marriage. Uh, where you could be thinking that you're donating to that cause, but you're actually donating to the Labor Party. Um, and I just think it's a debating point. Let's get to the real One issues. One triple three five three. If you've got a question for Tim Smith, the Liberal member for Q, or Philip Daladakis, the acting sports minister from the Victorian government, feel free to give us a bell. Phil, let's talk about an important issue, which is polling booth sausage sizzles. Absolutely. Have you got any that you could recommend to us uh, if we're just voting uh, around Melbourne today? Yeah, look, uh, for those people that uh, are looking to have a great sausage sizzle, uh, I certainly direct people to Ormond Primary School. Mm -hmm. uh, the booth down there is being run by the local scouts uh, in terms of the sausage sizzle. Uh, but uh, to, to wherever you go, uh, whatever you do, do uh, give generously to the local community groups, whether they're schools or, uh, or scouts or girl guides uh, or even the local church. Uh, important to buy a sausage sizzle, buy a cake, uh, even if you don't eat it, and uh, give money oh, to I will them. be eating the cake. Believe me, I'll be <laughs> eating the cake, the sausage, the whole bit. All right, boys. Is Darren Hinch going to win today, Phil? I think he's probably got a good chance. Senator uh, Hinch, well, Tim. Yeah. I, I agree. I think he could get up. Um, and uh, your listeners might know that because this is a double dissolution, mm. the quota to get elected is much lower than usual. Right. So, so Hinchy doesn't need as many votes as he may have in the past. Correct. I see. Now, Phil, I mean, when, it, when the numbers are crunching and it's all said and done, your team is coming from behind here. They need to come home with a wet sail to take the flag. Can they do it? Well, no one thought that the Saints were going to beat Geelong last week. You are and a big only, Saints man. I am a, a massive Saints man. A great announcement by uh, Matt Finnis and the team about Moorabbin yesterday. But uh, you know, no one... oh, oh, die when you suck up to your, <laughs> to your football club CEO as well. Well, you know, if, if you if you can't have a if you can't have a a, a great uh, go for uh, your Saints football team, well, then uh, democracy is a loser. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yes, yeah, so mate, you can pull it together. Yeah, I think we can. I think uh, I think Shorten's run a, a great campaign around the country, and you know, at the end of the day, uh, the people don't get it wrong, Seb. Mm. Uh, and uh, and I think time and time again, uh, politicians like myself and Tim need to remind ourselves that when people vote uh, and they they uh, they make that decision, that we need to respect it and move on. And and I look forward to working with the Shorten government. Uh, there you go. The well, Tim, he says it's over. Yeah. Well. Um, he might want to reflect some of the damage that him and his state colleagues oh, have done to oh, the... Furby uh, time. That, <laughs> yeah, that's uh, that's true, not actually. a Furby. That's, that's just the truth. Dan Andrews, did I'm you read the Herald Sun yesterday, Philip? I'm sorry. That is a Furby. But, uh, Philip, my mate, did you read the Herald Sun yesterday when some of your Labor mates were saying that Dan Andrews needs to watch his back? Well, I think that's another Furby time because... Uh, <laughs> I'm, just, because I'm repeating because, what's in the uh, newspaper, You're enjoying Phillip. blowing up Furbies, Philip Daladakis. Uh, well, you know, I'm enjoying calling Tim out on, uh, on uh, it's too early to kill all these Furbies, Tim. Settle down. Will somebody think of the Furbies, please? Vote one, vote Furby. <laughs> Can you guys agree on anything?
Yeah, well, absolutely. we can, absolutely. What's that? Put the greens last. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Not only put them last, but just make sure that they don't get anywhere near any kind of electoral possibility whatsoever. Well, the one thing I can say to people is please get off the couch, get out there and vote, or as Arnie would say... Get off the couch. Don't be a couch <laughs> potato and just sit there and watch movies or watch TV, except if they're my movies. Of course, you can watch them all you want. There you go. Okay, so we need people to be a part of it. Philip Daladakis, the Labor member from the Southern Metro, acting Minister for Sport as well. Good to chat. Thanks, Seb, and uh, vote often, as you said before, vote Labor. <laughs> I don't know if I quite said that. Uh, it, it, Tim Smith, the Liberal that's member. A, that's a Furby. Come on. Come on. <laughs> well, maybe one for old time's sake. Me change! Okay, and uh, Tim Smith, the Liberal member for Q. Good to see you. Good to see you too, mate. Vote Liberal. Nick Kyrgios. Some will call it a blow-up. Some will call it sooking. I reckon he's actually stood his ground overnight. He had a victory in Wimbledon. He's moving on. Question one of the umpire's calls, and the journalists in the press conference tried to make a big deal of it. Here is how it went down. What did I say to the umpire today? Well, you got a code violation, didn't you? Not for, not for swearing at him. You said he did a horrendous job. Is that bad language, is it? It's not. Have you, swearing, have you never said it? a swear like word just... before? Have you said Have you said a swear word in your life? Well, it's not a bad. No, no, no. Can answer. you answer my question? No. So you've never swear. You've never sworn in your life. No, it's your job to answer. No, no, but right. no, it's not. He actually he actually asked me the question. You, you said what? Did I think you it's say? his question, I, mate. I was Is it his question? The answer. Yeah, but it's his question. Asked. It's his question. What? Right. So you didn't swear. You're saying you didn't swear. But no. What did I say to the umpire today? Well, I just said what you said. Okay. So I didn't swear. So how how is that going to affect another player by saying horrendous job? I think you can figure that one out, Chandler. No, I just wondered whether the banter you had with the umpire might. Okay, but did you see Dustin? Did you see Dustin arguing with the umpire as well? Mm-hmm. Did anyone see that? Did you see that too? I'm asking you. No, but did you see Dustin arguing with him too? Or just yes. me? Okay. Yes. All right, great. The next question, please. Great questions, guys. <laughs> Now, some people will get on Nick Kyrgios's back. I've been critical of the guy. I think he was a moron for not going to Rio. I really think he should have got over that, tried to work it out with the Olympic Committee, taken his spot and represented his country. I've been on record saying that. But right there is a young man who has been kicked every time he's done something. And this time, it's not that bad. And he's decided to have a go. The old rule, and I face it too as a journo, is you can ask whatever question you like but they can answer it in any way that they like. And Nick Kyrgios, at least this time, I think has handled that situation as well as could be expected. Montague Street Bridge claimed another victim. It's first post-gantry victim during the week. Had a truck. He got stuck. Wasn't a huge sort of accident, but afterwards he was door-stopped by a number of journalists, and his answer was unexpected to say the least. Uh, rather amusing, probably accurate as well. Here's what happened. Here's the truck driver himself. Hey, bro, I crossed the barriers, but it didn't hit that. So I drive all the way up, but on last ferry, it's hit. I don't know. I'm f- I can't get out. It's already f- I lost my job. You lost your job? Not really. Oh. Just kidding. Okay. <laughs> now nah, my boss is angry. Now nah, I didn't talk him, but I have to talk to him. Now I come this way, bro. It's f- they make stupid to us. I crossed that barrier, but I didn't hit that. I crossed all the way out, but on the end point, it's hit. So they have to do something. They have to. They have to do something. Well, how about not driving through it when your truck is a little bit too big for the gantry, mate? That's probably the advice I'd take. And if he hadn't lost his job after he crashed, I wonder if the tell-all interview afterwards may have just sealed the deal for him. I hope not, because he seems like a nice bloke. 
Melissa Wu is an Olympic silver medalist, also happens to be the captain of our dive team heading to Rio, and she's on the phone now for the weekend breakfast. Morning, Melissa. Hi, how's it going? I saw that you guys got your Olympic gear the other day, all the different you know, Australian green and gold outfits. That must be like Christmas when that stuff arrives. Oh, it was. It was so exciting. That's probably one of the best things about making the team is, um, you know, getting all the gear and it. Uh, it's what it represents as well because it's such a huge honour to represent Australia and, um, to, you know, get on that uniform and, you know, that you can put it on and, um, you know, proudly walk into the pool, um, you know, to compete in that stuff. It's really exciting. What do you get? You get, a, what, a couple of pairs of shoes, a couple of a suitcase in there? Yeah, we're super spoiled. Um, so there was, uh, like, two kind of suitcases and then, um, you know, a backpack and then another kind of training bag and then... Um, you know, we get the tracksuit, but then we get all these other sort of, um, you know, tracksuity outfits and then all your training gear and uh, then we have our swimwear and everything and the formal uniform too. Hard end though, mind you, when you're getting up to the pool at 6am just about every morning. Now this is your yeah. third games, Beijing, London and now Rio. You're sort of one of the veterans of the crew at the ripe old age of 24. <laughs> yeah, it's funny because I was the youngest for so long and then it was almost like all of a sudden one day I was then one of the oldest. So, um, yeah, it's been good. Like, it's nice that I've had so many years of experience and, um, you know, my role in, within the team has changed, you know, from being so young, like one of the youngest, to then now being one of the oldest. So, yeah, it's good that I can use that experience to help some of the others, personal challenges that people face, um, you know, with nerves and that kind of thing and just the, the hype around the games and what it means to everybody. I think it's, you know, one thing to go and represent Australia at, you know, a lot of the other comps we do, but all of a sudden when it gets to Olympics, you know, everybody cares about it and everybody, you know, is asking, are you going to bring home the gold and everything? And I think for um, particularly the younger ones, that's quite a lot of pressure and, uh, yeah, just, yeah, it's a whole sort of different experience that you've never encountered before. So, yeah, I think they're more the sorts of things that um, the younger ones are going to find a little bit more difficult to deal with. From the outside looking in, the Olympic Village just looks like this amazing summer camp where, you know, the most talented athletes in the world get to hang out. Is, after you're done competing, is it like that? Do you get a chance to, to socialise with athletes from other sports and other nations? Uh, yeah, a little bit. It is pretty amazing being in the village, um, you know, with so many athletes and see all these different, um, you know, types of people. And I love always guessing, like, oh, I wonder what sport they do kind of thing. Um, yeah, it's, it's just a really great experience and really social as well. Now, uh, as an Olympic medalist, you've already got the rings tattooed on you. Have you got uh, any ideas for perhaps some future ink work if you are more successful in Rio? <laughs> oh, I think I'm done in terms of tattoos, but yeah, I'm sure I'll find something to <laughs> do to have as a memento for my third game, which is cool. Nice one. Well, uh, get behind Melissa. The game's at the start of August, really not that far away, and she'll be uh, giving it her all in the diving competition. You can check her out on Instagram too. How do you get such a popular Instagram account? You've dwarfed my followers. <laughs> um, oh, I don't know. I guess um, I've just been sharing like lately a lot of my... Um, I think that for me, when I first started diving, I never knew how much you know it took behind the scenes to be able to dive off the board. So I've been showing a lot of the behind the scenes, sort of what we do in our training, like strength work and all that sort of thing. And it's had a really good response, actually. People were sort of the same as me. I didn't know <laughs> all the work that went into it. Just a lazy 12,000 followers to go with an Olympic silver medal. You are killing it at the moment. Melissa Wu, thank you for joining us. Thank you. Thank you so much. I'd like to debut a new segment this weekend. It's called the Sook Squad.
when people sook it up a little bit, you get introducted to the Sook squad. And there is only one man that deserves to be in there this week. His name is Viktor Troisky. He is a Serbian tennis player. And he didn't quite keep it together at Wimbledon. wasn't happy and it went on. Ever! Do you know what you did? Do you know what you did? Do you know what you did? You're horrible! One triple three five three. If you have anyone to introduce to the Sook Squad, feel free or hit me up on Twitter at Seb Costello9. Victor Troisky, welcome to the inaugural Triple M's Weekend Breakfast Sook Squad. Sounds so sad. A couple of late additions to the Sook Squad, by the way. If you're unfamiliar with this segment, we're nominating people who've chucked the toys out of the cot this week. And Cam off Twitter. Now, by reading this, I'm not endorsing it. He's nominated Eddie Maguire whenever the pies lose for the Sook Squad. Ed? I'm not endorsing it. I'm just allowing democracy to flourish on this election day. And Heath has nominated his workmate, Andrew Vlahos. There you go. Apparently, Sook's about being cold all day. Andrew, chin up. It'll get warmer. Summer is on the way. Now time for a sort of familiar face, but also somebody uh, who we're trying to get going on the weekend breakfast. Jade Vincent, Nine News. Good morning from the Channel Nine News team. Jade Vincent. Good morning, Sam. And you are talking today about polling booths because it is election day. It's election day. And while we all like an election day sausage, there's ways we can make this a little bit more fun. Well, I think everybody's been saying all week, don't forget to vote on Saturday, don't forget to vote on Saturday. Hey, at least there's going to be a sausage. Now, could we hear you then, Jade? I don't know. I think so. Lean into the microphone a bit more. (laughs) We're we're doing well. (laughs) That's it. No, that's fine. So election day polling booths. Yeah, everybody's been saying, don't forget to vote. Don't forget to vote on Saturday. Hey, at least there's going to be a sausage sizzle. And I'm thinking, well, come on, this says a lot about this election campaign. It does. But surely, surely we can do better than a sausage sizzle. I like it. To get us all, you know, into our active wear and our puffy vests (laughs) to go and line up on the Saturday morning. You shouldn't be wearing your active gear if you've had too many sausages. That's right. Mm. That's right. And, you know, I'm thinking people are going to say, oh, you're so un-Australian. How do you not love a sausage sizzle? I love a sausage sizzle. You know, you've got that burnt little sausage, white Mm. piece of fresh bread. Oh, yeah. And amount of sauce and mustard. I like sauce. Somebody once told me tomato sauce has the same nutritional properties as chocolate sauce and that makes sense because they're both delicious and that's why you judge me when i eat egg and bacon i would never i I would never judge you (laughs) hey i'm the kfc i run on kfc and cub so you know i'm not giving anyone diet advice definitely but you know hey we can go to bunnings if we want a sausage sizzle let's face it right i've appointed myself the leader of the unenthusiastic voters (laughs) uh and i've come up with a three-point plan i know it's a little late no we can can think about this for three-point plan is good fire away okay so first point we need coffee you have to have a coffee van a coffee cart a barista holding a kettle whatever we need coffee at these polling booths, you know, you've got to be wide awake to make a conscientious, conscientious vote. You're going to have this huge, you know, white ballot paper. You've yeah. got to be knowing. You've got to be alert. 
That's right. Need caffeine. Maybe from a person with a long Ned Kelly beard, they tend to be pretty good at it. That's right. That's mm. right. I think the second point is probably almost the most important. And I'm not banning the sausage sizzle. I think we can, you know, put it to the back of the car park where it belongs. Yes. But we're, you know, the foodie capital. We love paying $15 for a little plate of food from some sort of filthy caravan when we go to food <laughs> truck festivals. You know, we need, where's our taco trucks? Where's the donut van? I think this is something we should really take calls on. One triple three five three. How do we make voting booths more fun? And, we, you know, what kind of food do you want? I mean, yeah. do you want an egg and bacon roll if you're voting early? I haven't been able to get over the expression filthy van that you just put <laughs> forward. It's you know sort are. of sticking in my head. What is it? Filthy? But anyway. Yeah, if you're voting early, do you want an egg and bacon roll? Or some, right. You know, I know you'd want probably like a protein chia smoothie. Yeah, most definitely. Yeah, with some right. chia, activated almonds. You know, that's one triple three. Five, look at this. The callers are flooding in with ideas to just zhuzh up election day. Jumping castles? Okay, this is my third and final point in right. the three point plan. Well, I think I think I think just to really give this some prominence. <laughs> too much pressure, too much pressure. Okay. <laughs> Um, my third and final point is that there has to be entertainment at every uh, single polling booth. And, you know, whether that's the, the local kids in a <laughs> band or you've got those scratchy speakers kind of blaring through the schoolyard, but we have to have some patriotic music. So mm. it's Cold Chisel, Victory yes. Barnes, Midnight Oil if you're voting Greens, obviously. Yep. Mm. Um, but what could be more patriotic and make you feel more inspired about holding, you know, the future of our country in your hands and a bit of fun. Uh, why not? Exactly. To some, that's John Farnham. To me, it is the cords of democracy. <laughs> what could make you more excited about voting than standing there in line? You've got twenty six. Imagine that you're down you. at the Ormond Primary School casting your vote, and out comes whispering Jack himself to just belt out a tune. People will look up from their iPhones. They will. They will. It's exciting. It is exciting. One triple three five three. Give us a call. Jade Vincent is here. We're talking. How do we make the election day polling booth just a little, little bit more fun? Yeah. So just recap the three point plan for us. Oh, okay. This is a good one. Uh, coffee. Yep. We need coffee. Good call. Food trucks and entertainment. Okay. Excellent. Yes, it is election day. It is eight to nine on Triple M's weekend breakfast. We are with Jade Vincent from Channel Nine talking about. How we can give polling booths today a bit of a facelift. We've had enough of the sausage sizzles, the tired old people who are giving us uh, sort of what they think about the how to vote cards. We need to give it just a little bit of a facelift. And to help us do that, we are joined on the line by Robbie at Frankston. Morning, Robbie. Good morning. Oh, mate, the line's a little bit uh, dodgy there. But how would you zhuzh up uh, election day polling booths? Well, I think uh, an idea to make it uh, a little bit more interesting and fun and also give a bit of an early indication as to how the poll is going is to have the politicians' faces on dartboards <laughs> and you can see three darts for five bucks. What if everybody just throws darts at every poly, Robbie? Uh, as long as it's done safely. <laughs> <laughs> Look, that's one idea, Jados. That's one idea. Maybe, you know, a pie face competition. Yeah, the old-fashioned dunking chair. The dunking chair. And yep. maybe as people are eliminated from the preferential voting system, that's when they go into the drink. Absolutely. Yeah. i for that one. Yep. We've got some uh, tweets here. Wendy Moss, who's a good listener to the program, has recommended that we get Miss Philly, the pole dancer, back to be a part of Election Day festivities. I think it would certainly draw the crowds. <laughs> <laughs> it's about putting people through the door. That's right. Although voting is compulsory, so you should do it anyway. But anyway, uh, Marie has gone with snack packs and a jumping castle to keep the kids entertained while their parents vote. 
I definitely like the idea of a jumping castle, mm. but as long as the adults can get involved in that one too. What about arcade games? Yeah, arcade games. What about lawn bowls? Yeah, no, that's a good idea. I mean, the ideas are endless, aren't they? Well, they are, but maybe you could vote that way and there could be a jack representing each candidate and you just send your bowl down the lane and where it lands, that's how you've cast your vote. Well, we could be in trouble there. Where? Why do you say that? Well, you don't know who you can end up with. Well, well, when you're a bowler like I am <laughs> and you've just got skills to pay the bills, then you're quite comfortable. Skills to pay the bills. Now, I you were saying you had, a, you had a, a sausage recipe for us. Oh, not a sausage recipe. No? Now, this is a menu from, I'm not sure which electorate, but it's in Sydney, so I won't give them too much credit. Mm. Uh, but on their lunch menu, I mean, they've obviously taken some of my ideas. They've got um, a roasted vegetable Take and it. halloumi wraps with salad and fresh tzatziki. Oh. Yes, please. Yeah. Uh, I mean, what else have they got? Uh, oh, they've got the bacon and egg roll, so good. They're on with that one. And a halloumi and egg roll with baby spinach and tomato chutney. Very fancy. I'll tell you what, this is sounding a little upmarket. Probably a little bit. Have too you upmarket. voted yet? I have voted. Oh, you got it. How did you get it done? On company time. Oh, <laughs> no. Is the Joking. boss listening? No, 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 no. <laughs> Maybe one last one to finish it up. Let's go with Andy. Andy is out at Selby. Mate, how would you make the election day voting booth just a little bit more fun? Uh, what we'll do is we'll get set up like little individual small booths for the kiddies with a little <laughs> colouring in competition of some paper characters. And then Australia-wide, they all get voted and they all, you know, they win something. A prize for kiddies getting involved in democracy. Why well, not? There you go. And, you know, they might colour them all different colours, which is, you know, therefore we are multicultural. Well, they, they might actually be a little bit more intellectual than some of the candidates, Andy. That's the problem. <laughs> Good on you, mate. Thanks for your call. What's on for today, Jados? Uh, I have a beautiful lunch at Rosetta at Crown today. I'm very oh, excited Oh, la No wonder you got the voting done early. That's right. In priorities. I yep. have to go home and get zhuzhed up. Yep. Excellent. What's your Twitter account? It is at Jade Vincent. People can check that out, see what Jade's up to from week to week. You had a rough week in the court, so I think you deserve a little bit of a, little bit of a break time there uh, in, uh, where are we going, Rosetta? Rosetta for oh, lunch. Yes, please. I want to play the Australian National Anthem again. It got me up. Yes. Well, on this polling day, vote early, vote often. Jade Vincent from Channel 9, it has been terrific to hang out with you. Thank you for having me. Your hair looks fabulous as always. I. It has been said that I have just about the best part in Melbourne. I, your hair just always looks better than mine. I'm just <laughs> jealous. It's always TV ready and I've got, you know, cans of hairspray. Well, I have a lot of hairspray in there too. Don't worry about that. Triple M's Weekend Breakfast with Seb Costello. For Eagle Ridge, the golf and pie offer is back. EagleRidge.com.au